You're listening to HR Mavericks, a weekly podcast featuring leading small business HR professionals who share their experiences and insights to help you know how to turn your HR processes and employee experience into a strategic business advantage. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the next episode of the HR Mavericks podcast. I'm Garrett Justice, and today I'm joined by Lotus Buckner, who's the founder and CEO at LB Talent Solutions and also the VP of People and Culture at Chow Bus. Lotus, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Thanks so much for having me on today, Garrett. It's great to have you on the show today. Are you doing okay in this cold Wisconsin spring winter that goes on forever? I am not, actually. Every winter, I wonder why I haven't moved yet. (laughs) Lotus and I were talking before we jumped on because I lived in Minnesota for a couple of years, so I know how those long winters go. So we're praying for you. Hang in there. But again, we're super excited to have you on the show today and really excited to just dive into that wealth of knowledge that you have on our topic. But before we do, tell our listeners a little bit more about you and your career background and also both of these companies that you work for. Absolutely. Well, I'm Lotus Buckner. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm the VP of People and Culture at Chow Bus. It's a food tech startup, um, and I'm also the founder and CEO of LB Talent Solutions, where I help individuals and organizations alike um, elevate their talent potential through career, executive, and business coaching. I also advise HR tech startups and sit on the board for the Literacy Network, which is a nonprofit dedicated to supporting adult learners, oftentimes from uh, underrepresented populations in building their skills and reaching their goals so that they can really thrive in their work, their life, and their communities. I love it. So when do you sleep, Lotus, with all of these things that you're doing? You know, (laughs) your own business wasn't enough and, you know, the VP of people and culture at Chow Bus and advising all these companies. I mean, what do you do in your spare time? Uh, hang out with my family and my daughter. I probably am a little bit of an insomniac. I don't sleep much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's, that's okay. I think many of us are in that same boat. So, Hey, we're, we're super excited to have you on the show today. Like I said, and, and as you and I talked about, um, what do we discuss on this episode? You kind of proposed this idea on discussing some of the key differences and also similarities between, um, HR as it existed, more of a corporate environment versus a startup environment. And I know you've had a ton of experience working yourself in both, as well as with clients in both instances. So I'm really excited to kind of dive into that and pick your brain on some of those key differences and some of the things that, you know, those in a startup environment can learn from a corporate environment and vice versa. Sounds great. Should we do it? Should we jump in? Yeah. Okay. So just to kind of set the stage for us, um, what are some of the key differences that you've noticed, um, again, personally or working with clients when executing, when it comes to executing HR in a startup versus a mid-market corporate environment? Yeah, gosh, I think that there's so many differences in many ways, but it also depends on the the companies. So everything I kind of say today is never 100% true of every company because whether you're in the corporate environment or the startup environment, many startups act like corporate environments and many corporate environments act like startups. Um, But kind of in general, um, you know, I think some of the biggest differences is that in many corporate environments, patience is so critical. (laughs) Uh, I'm an impatient person, so I learned that in all my time in corporate settings. Things take longer in corporate Mm -hmm. environments oftentimes. Hierarchies are higher. Approval processes are more complex. um, And they're often more risk averse, right? Um, 
they, it, it takes them longer to kind of take those risks. They kind of want to follow um, suit when someone else creates an innovation. Mm-hmm. Whereas in a startup, speed and tolerance are some of the most critical components. You fail fast in a startup mm-hmm. and you're constantly innovating. And so there's not time necessarily to overthink things that we sometimes do in the corporate environment. We kind of talk uh, in circles for a long time before we kind of uh, make a decision and act. Whereas in a startup, you just you just have to go and you have to fail fast. You have to learn from that. And so from an HR standpoint, you can often implement more in less time at a startup, but it's also not as complex um, to implement HR programs in a startup because you're much smaller. And so, you know, I always joke with my family that, you know, in the six months in a startup environment, I've implemented about 10 times more programs and made more impact than I did in three years in a corporate environment. And so that's like a huge plus. But at the same time, I think where startups lack sometimes is you don't have that structure and those um, processes in place before you have to to move. You know, the the analogy people I always hear people use is you're flying, you're um what is it building the plane as you fly it is that what they say and so it definitely feels like that sometimes um and so that can be hard in a startup environment yeah i think i'm so glad you called this out because i think it's such a key difference that a lot of times people who haven't worked in both environments might not it might not be you know immediately apparent to them and i think it's a key difference regardless of whether you work in HR or in any other role, if you're trying to decide, do I want to work for a small company or do I want to work for a large company? This is one of the key things to really decide there. I often, you know, talk to people because I, I had the experience of working at a you know fortune 50 company in Minneapolis and then a handful of smaller startups. And I think one of the key differences that I tell people is the challenges that you face are just inherently different. Yeah. And there's no, there's no right or wrong, but exactly. you have to figure out for you which challenge would you rather have, right? In a, in a corporate or a large enterprise, you, the challenges that you're going to face are getting buy-in from, like you mentioned, that large hierarchy of your ideas. In a smaller company, it's really about, you're, there's a lot that you're not going to know how to do it. And you're just going to have to figure it out, right? Yeah. And so you're going to be able to move quicker, but that's a challenge. And so which one are you more wired to? Which problem are you more wired to want to tackle? And I think that's such a key difference. You know, I think everyone who knows me would probably say the startup environment. Yeah. And I agree to a huge extent because I do move really fast. I think that was my biggest frustration in corporate environments is how slow things move. And like I said, my flaws that I'm quite impatient. <laughs> so I yeah. like to move fast. Um, so that lends itself really well to kind of my style. Um, but you know, like you said, it's it's just different challenges. It's not mm-hmm. right or wrong, it's just a different challenge. And in the startup environment, there's still a ton of challenges, you know, to build something from the ground up is really, really cool and exciting, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of getting buy-in in a corporate environment, right? They're so used to having HR, right? They've had it forever. And the people, the executives who work there, the, the leaders who work there, the employees, they've always been used to having HR in a startup you sometimes are working with founders who don't even know what HR is. So like that buy-in is just a different challenge. 
Yeah, for sure. And so I think a, a big takeaway for, for a lot of our listeners out there is trying to self-reflect on which challenges would you most rather have, right? In a corporate environment, there's going to be inherently more structure. So if you're early in your career, or you don't know what to do, or you want to learn, that might be a really good environment for you, but you have to know the types of challenges you're going to face there. If you're later in your career and you really uh, don't want the hierarchy and getting the buy-in and you really just want to focus on the execution, then that smaller space of the smaller companies might be better. So I think that's such a key difference. So um, that's one of the main differences, but what about the similarities, especially when it comes to HR, what have you seen that's still similar in a corporate or startup small business environment? Um, well, there's always politics, no matter where you go. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think where it's similar is that, you know, companies still, they're, they're mission-based, whether you're a corporate or um, you're in a startup environment, they're very mission-based. And you, I think it's important as a job seeker, for example, right, regardless of whether you want to go into the corporate environment or you want to go into the startup environment, you have to find a mission that you align with. Um, if you can do that, that's a really big first step. Because if you go into any company where you don't align with their mission and you can't really buy into what they do, it's really going to be hard to do HR. You know, a lot of people have told me throughout my career, HR is HR. You can do it anywhere. There's some truth to that, but really you can't be that successful because if you're not, you know, um, if you don't really believe in the company, it's really hard to align your HR strategies to the business. And I think that's so yeah. critical for HR leaders to have business acumen. You can't, you know, it's really hard to learn a new business if you don't really care about it. I think that's absolutely true. I was talking to, you know, an HR professional who's looking to move to another career just a couple of weeks ago. And one of the things that he mentioned is why he was moving is he realized as the company had evolved and changed, he'd been there for a while, but you know, his, his values weren't necessarily fully aligned with the company's values yeah. at that point. And I think it's especially true. It's probably true for people in all different departments, but I think especially true for HR because so often HR is the keeper of some of those core company values and the creator and facilitator of some of that culture. And so if you're not really believing it and bought into it, then obviously you're not going to be able to do your job as well as you could if you align yourself with the, the company mission, right? I totally agree. I talk to, I do interviews all the time and I talk to candidates. Um, and it's really interesting when I talk to candidates, you know, for other leadership roles, when I talk to candidates in product and technology, there's always a reason that um, they were attracted to our company. But when I talk to HR professionals, it's one of the roles that I hire for that I hear the least about the company. And I just mm. hear, well, I really like the job post, like what the, what the job gets to do. Um, and it's always important to me, like, did you do the research on the company? It's not just about the role because the role, sure, like primary responsibilities look the same across different companies, but it looks very different how you strategize in those areas. If you understand our business and you're excited about our company and our mission. That's so interesting that you say that. And so for all you listeners out there who are those HR professionals, I would just emphasize exactly what Lotus just said. Make sure that as you're looking for that next job, that you focus enough of your time understanding the company's values and their mission and making sure that your own personal values and mission align with that. I think, again, like I said, it's especially true 
in the HR space. It's important for anyone, but especially if you're going to work in HR, it's important to do that. So such a great point. Um, Lotus, next, next question I really have for you, just as we kind of shift gears here a little bit is, you know, when you work in a smaller company, I know a lot of our listeners out there are working in a smaller company, startup environment there. You just have to wear so many hats. You know, a lot of times you're that HR person of one. And so you're doing everything which falls under the broad HR or people umbrella. So how do you, when you're in that environment, what are your tips for keeping up with best practices? I mean, there's so much with with regards to compliance and legal updates and new tools and innovation. And, you know, how, how do you recommend or advise those solo HR professionals or small teams who are spread so thin to really know what's best to do across all those different areas? For me, I feel like the best tool in the world is building yourself a strong and diverse network that can and will support you through all of this. Um, I'm also, so joining HR communities are really helpful for this. HR Mavericks is a great example of this, right? Like um, joining HR Mavericks, you get a wealth of knowledge. Like you can probably get an answer to any issue that you, you are possibly facing. And there's a great network of people who are willing to help you and answer those questions and share their experiences with you because that's the whole mission of being part of these communities. I'm also a part of many others that are really great, like HR Advisory, Hacking HR, CPO HQ, just to name a few, but any of these communities that you can join, they're free and Mm -hmm. they're really like mission driven. Like these communities are really about helping you do exactly this thing about um, whether you honestly, whether you're in a small or a big company, but definitely I think it's often more critical if you're a one person HR shop, or if you're part of a small team um, that has to build something from the ground up to really get that support from people who have done it before. So, I mean, I love helping other HR professionals through all of these communities. And I always benefit from them when I have a question or I have a need. When it comes to kind of more specifically, when it comes to compliance and legal, I think a strong employment attorney is your best friend Mm -hmm. um, in that space. And then the other thing I would say is a strong benefits broker is also a really key partnership to have when you're at a really small company because they can actually take a lot off of your plate. So in a big company, um, I think bigger companies utilize their benefits brokers a little bit differently. If you're a small company or you're a one person HR shop, your benefits broker can do so much good for you. Mm-hmm. Now, I think those are such great tips and I appreciate the plug for the HR Mavericks community because you're absolutely right. That's that's the whole reason why we started the HR Mavericks community and this podcast is really just, th- especially for those small business HR professionals, helping them understand what they need to do and surrounding them with the resources, you know, for free and the people. I think that's one of the big takeaways that I I got from what you just said, surround yourself with the people that can kind of fill in the gaps that you might have. So whether it's a a really good attorney or a benefits broker, who's going to have your back and take over some of those responsibilities so that you can focus on some of the other internal core HR responsibilities. So such, such, such good tips, really good takeaways there. Absolutely. Um, any other tools or methods that you would recommend that um, HR professionals in a small business environment, you know, leverage to really keep up with their learning as things are constantly evolving in the HR space as they always do? You know, the other 
um, tool that I love is LinkedIn learning, um, that can cost you though. And so depending on if your company is able to support that, or if you're able to support it, um, personally, but honestly, I could sit here and talk about all the big conferences in HR and to attend those. I think they're really great when you're brand new early in your career to attend those, start building your network, um, start learning about some of the basics and foundations of HR. But if I'm being totally honest, um, I did all those for years and eventually you realize that the learning there it's not quite as robust as you would think for, you know, such big conferences that have been around for years. Um, they certainly have their purpose, but I found that these communities like HR Mavericks is really where you actually get that tangible learning. Yeah. At conferences, you can get great, great philosophy. And I think that's important to have a good foundation about what your philosophy in HR is, what your philosophy around diversity, equity, inclusion is, right? But to actually get the work done and be able to execute in a really quick manner, I found that these communities are the best tool that you could possibly have because you can literally go on there and say, I am dealing with this issue. I've never had to deal with it before. I had an employee, you know, mm-hmm. employee relations issue that this happened. You don't have to share names, but I'm telling you in these communities, people are on top of that. You can get answers in five seconds, right? And it's answers to something you're actually dealing with. It's yeah. not philosophical of you might come across this or these are the best practices in recruiting. It's like, no, I have this actual recruiting problem and I need a solution to this specifically. Yeah. I love that. You called that out because really it's the concept of like learning by doing, which when you're in a small business, when you're in a startup environment, that's what you're kind of forced to do. You're supposed to, you're, yeah. you know, you're forced to learn on the fly back to your original analogy of, you know, what was it like putting the wings on the plane as you're flying it or yeah. changing the tires on the car as it's rolling down the hill. Like that's exactly what you're faced with every day. So, uh, and, and I guess to call that out to one of the reasons why we, one of the things we wanted to do with the HR Mavericks community that was a little bit different is really focus on the creation aspect. So everyone who comes in has an opportunity to create and share the knowledge that they have, not just through, you know, answering questions, but we have the HR encyclopedia. That's a big part of our community because we know that a lot of times you learn the best when you're teaching others, right? And you, when you're forced to kind of think through how to teach others uh, based on your experience or sum up your ideas in you know a succinct way. And so a lot of times it really comes down to learning while doing and then helping others uh, because so often people think they might not be an expert on the topic, but they have really good yeah. examples and solutions to help others who might be facing challenges they've faced in the past. Exactly. And I think that's just another beautiful difference between a lot of corporate environments and startup environments is, you know, I remember, you know, being in the corporate environment and I would go to those big conferences and I come back and it was great because I'd be like, I'd tell my boss like, hey, like this company or this organization did this big initiative and like we've been struggling with that and then we spend, you know, the next year trying to implement what they implemented. Right. But like because of that slower kind Mm -hmm. of environment that can be more valuable in that environment. But when you are a startup, a one person HR shop or a small business, like you said, you don't have that luxury to like wait till there's a conference to to get tips. Um, You you really need that real time um, Mm -hmm. advice and solutions. 
Yeah. You need, you need to solve it right now because there's a million other things that you got to do right after that. Huh? Well, yeah, this is, this is great. Um, next question I have for you, Lotus, really on this topic is, you know, as you think about, you know, the differences between a corporate HR environment and the startup or small business HR environment, what do you think corporate HR professionals could and should learn from the small business HR professionals and also vice versa? Yeah, well, I made a really interesting shift um, because I went from corporate to startup. Usually many people do the opposite. They go from startup to corporate. Um, But I think that corporate could really benefit from the fail fast, innovative mindset of a startup. You know, in a startup environment, we're constantly testing things so that we can learn from them really, really fast and then move forward if something doesn't work and then find out really, really fast if something does work really well. And so we're also often more willing, I think, in the startup environment to innovate and try things that are different or against the status quo, against the norm. And then from a startup standpoint, I think we could really benefit from better structures, processes, priorities, and focus that you get in a corporate environment. Mm -hmm. When you're always going a million miles per hour, you can lose sight of building that foundation. And then you grow so fast without that foundation. And then you try to desperately get it into place, but then it's usually too late. Um, And it can't happen as fast as everything else in a startup environment, right? Building a foundation takes time. Mm -hmm. And so regardless of where you are, it takes time. So in that fast paced environment, if we lose sight of that, it can become very, very frustrating because you're working backwards then. And so I think having a really strong people and culture function team and practice in an early startup is extremely critical. It can save you from lawsuits, bad layoffs, high turnover, like a number of things kind of in the future as you grow. And I think that's where I see startups actually make a mistake is they wait until they're at this desperate moment and then they hire their first HR hire. Mm-hmm. No, um, I think, it should I think be that's your, such one a good first. Yeah. I think that's such a good, good point that I, and I want to make a clear too, that there's a difference between the foundation and the structure, like you talked about, and the red tape that sometimes can exist with hierarchies in a corporate environment. It's possible to have a strong foundation and structure without having so much red tape. And I think that's a key difference. I think a lot of times smaller businesses don't want to slow down with the red tape that a lot of corporate environments have, which makes total sense. Right. But I still think that um, you can have a strong foundation without implementing so much of that red tape. So I guess to that, yeah, to that point, what, what is, what are the key components of a really strong HR foundation in a small business? Yeah. I mean, I think that one of the things I always tell people is that there's not one size that fits all, no matter where you go. And so the number one thing I would tell HR leaders to do um, in a startup environment when you come in is do a thorough assessment. Um, You uh, you can't just start, you just can't come in and start changing things and implementing things that you've done in a past company, even if you came from a startup, because mm-hmm. every company is different. And so there's not one answer to that. I think that the number one priority you have to have is to do a 
a gap analysis to figure out, to learn your company and your employee population and see what do you all do really well already? And what are people extremely hungry for? Where are the gaps? And then figure out how can you make an impact there? And that's what you should start building your foundation around, right? So as an example, maybe as a startup, right, they grew really fast and they already have a strong recruiting process and a strong recruiting team. So you don't need to focus there, even though that's the beginning of the employee life cycle where you think you should start making improvements. But if that is like, running, maybe it's not the best that you want it to be, but like, leave that alone, like fill in the other gaps of your foundation, right? Do you have a good comp structure in place that's going to support that recruitment? Um, do you have strong benefits packages and a strong benefit strategy in place? Do you have a great HRS system that um, you feel good about that can automate things and help you collect data that's going to actually help you make decisions? Do you understand, do you have, have you done surveys? Do you understand the pulse of your employees? Do you know why people are leaving? Um, um, and so look at those things that are missing because in a startup environment, you're lower on resources. So you got to focus your attention, not on making things perfect, but on filling the gaps that are going to make the biggest impact for you. Yeah. Such a great tip because I think that so often in a small business environment, you know, everyone feels like their hair's on fire and you're just constantly trying to put out fires here and there. Right. But taking the time to take a step back, especially when you're coming into a new role and really understanding what the needs are and not coming with these preconceived notions, even if you had, you know, a playbook that worked really well previously, don't, you know, bring that knowledge and expertise, but don't assume that you can, can and need to implement the exact same things yeah. and that they'll work in the exact same way because it's a different yeah. environment. So take your step back, slow down, really take the time to look at what the needs are and then focus on where, you know, the biggest needs are for the company. Is that right? Absolutely. Love it. Well, Lotus, this has been such an awesome conversation. I appreciate you joining the podcast today and sharing some of your tips and um, with and examples with our audience. As we kind of wrap up here, one of the last questions I really like to ask everyone is just what's one thing that you think our listeners should do this week to improve their HR or people functions? Honestly, it's what I just said. I think it, I don't, I can't emphasize that enough. I think it's one of the most important things that we don't do as HR leaders. And that's how we become a reactive HR department, right? There's always a lot of pressure on HR. You have executives telling you like, we should do this, we should do that. And this is what's missing. And you have this pressure, like, okay, that those are my bosses. Like I need to, to do what they want. And then you have employees pressuring you. Like we, we want more money. We want uh, a better culture, right? We mm -hmm. want all these perks. We want all these benefits that you don't offer. And so there's pressure coming from you in all different directions. So my advice to all HR leaders is no matter where you are, if you just started in a company, if you've been there a while and there's just frustrations and you're like lost about what to do next, take a pause, take a deep breath and do a real gap analysis on what do you do really well already? And what do you not do well? Then prioritize. Like we need to get better at prioritizing in HR because HR is this huge umbrella that so much falls under. Um, and depending on the company, even more falls into that. And so prioritize what's going to make the biggest impact for you to improve and work on that. Don't try to do everything at once. I see HR teams do that way too often. They're trying to do everything and then you're not, you're doing it all mediocre or less. Um, it's so easy to get distracted in this environment, but stay focused on what's going to give you the biggest impact for your employees and for the company. And I think that's going to pay off in the long run. 
Awesome. I love that tip. So great. Um, Lotus, if there are listeners that want to get in contact with you, either to learn about, you know, your company and your services and maybe working with you or just have follow-up questions, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, I'm on most social media. I'm I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. I haven't made it on TikTok yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so any of those. Good. Awesome. Well, we'll drop links to um, Lotus's LinkedIn profile in the show notes so you can reach out to her directly if you have questions. So Lotus, thank you again for taking the time to join our podcast today and hope you have a great rest of the day. Thanks so much for having me. Today, enduring companies know that their people are their most important assets and they invest in helping them excel. But often, small businesses with limited HR resources struggle to manage their people, payroll, and processes efficiently and create an environment where frontline, deskless employees thrive. That's why we created Eddy. Eddy is the all-in-one HR suite built for local businesses that streamlines tedious HR processes and improves the employee experience for frontline workers. With Eddy, you can hire, manage, pay, and engage employees with one easy-to-use software. No headache required. You've already done the hard part by creating a great business. Now let us help you take it to the next level. Visit eddy.com today to request a demo.